Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. I have a cold, but it doesn't matter because today we will be talking about Star Fox Zero. And as I'm sure you can gather, since you're a very intelligent audience, with me today is Craig. Hello. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. And Mike. Howdy there. That's a little better. Still nothing from either of the games, guys. Well, uh, what do you want? Like, literally, what do you want? Something from the games. Well, you should say that explicitly. Look, it's been like a hundred episodes, Craig, and I mean... It's, it's 170 episodes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Alright, so to get us into a Star Foxy mood, Craig, why don't you give us the stats? Developed by Platinum, published by Nintendo, directed, produced, designed, programmed, and music composed by a bunch of people. Go and look at them on Wikipedia. It's released in Wii U, Japan, April 2016, and the rest of the world, the day or two days later, also April 2016. Um, yeah, it's part of the Star Fox series, and it uses motion control, which sucks. I am sure you will hear a lot about that yep. over the next hour or so. Um, so, uh, really quick, guys, um, what's your history with Star Fox? Are you fans? Um, I'm, I've not typically been a fan, to be honest. I've never, I've never really played a Star Fox game. I think I've played bits and bobs here and there. I'm pretty sure I've played it for the SNES. Is the SNES very angular, triangly, and you just fly down a pretty barren place? Shooting things. Uh, it's very flat-shaded yes, polygons. Yes, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, I've played that. Not really played anything else since then. I might have played something on either the GameCube or the N64. Probably N64, actually. And have no strong memories, no strong feelings, and no strong like of this genre of game. Oh, that, that kind of rail yeah, shooter -y. yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike, what about you? Hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I've pretty much been playing Star Fox since the beginning. I was very lucky to uh, borrow a copy off someone at school because I, I, there was no way I was going to be buying the thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I blasted for it straight away. Straight away, the, um, the first, first month or so that it was out. Um, and Lilac Wars, uh, a.k.a. Star Fox 64, was my very first game that I got with a rumble pack with the um, N64 when I first picked one up. So I, I got one a little late, but um, yeah, I, I played that probably a good number of times, maybe five or six times, I don't know, something like that. But I think at this stage, up to today, I think I've completed pretty much every Star Fox game there is, um, mostly playing them within roughly the first year that they released. So yeah, yeah. Usually, usually a big fan of the series. Yet again, another dark portent with that. Usually, a big fan of the series. Um, oh, I'm, I'm kind of like what? Star Fox Adventures. Uh, no, didn't touch that. Oh, but that's your boys from Rare. That's the GameCube hmm. one. Is that the GameCube one? I think. Yeah. I think that's the one I played. <laughs> Which still, I'll, I'll give them credit. To this day, still might be the best looking game on GameCube, hands down. I mean, that game looks fantastic. Hmm. Just isn't a lot of fun. Um, 
I'm I'm kind of a lot like Mike. Like I remember renting this from, I believe it was Blockbuster, uh, the first one when I was a kid, and I absolutely loved it. I could never beat it as a kid just because you'd get the Andross, and then all those little spinny panels would come flying out of his mouth, and you would panic and you would die. Um, but later on, once I finally had money, I made sure I bought Star Fox 64, and Star Fox 64. Uh, was was kind of special in my little group of friends because we would play Mario Kart, and then we would play Killer Instinct Gold because we had no taste, and and then we would play Star Fox sixty four, and then Smash Bros. It was just something that was in the uh, rotation of multiplayer games that we had. So I mean, we had people that preferred Star Fox sixty four multiplayer battle to even GoldenEye. It was just you know really worked well as a party game in that sense, single player wise. It was something I would bring out maybe once or twice a month and just rip through it because, Mike, it was only like, what, three hours long tops? Yeah, it was a, it was a nice quick thing, but I'm surprised you remember the, the multiplayer because thinking back on it, yeah, I, I absolutely bashed through that too. I think I think I had multiple weekends of just getting, you know, you try and get four players together and just... Yeah. I didn't have that many it, yeah. friends. Oh, nice. well, these weren't my friends either. I borrowed oh, them. Right, okay. They were my brother's <laughs> friends. <laughs> um... But uh, once after 64 ended, uh, then you had Star Fox Adventures, and uh, that really soured me on the series for a while. And so I didn't play the uh, the 64 remake on DS, and I didn't play uh, Star Fox Command, and uh, I pretty much let them all sit in my collection. I haven't touched them until now. Uh, this is the first time I've played a Star Fox game since 64. Oh. Because... Uh, well, I, I guess let's jump right into it, right? We'll talk about the gameplay of it. The The gameplay of it feels very old-fashioned to me. Yes. I, you've you've hit my mm. button. That doesn't sound right. Was it the A, B, Y, or X? I, you, you've, you've nailed what it is about it. That just, it, just, it does feel old-fashioned. I think in a world where we've had Star Fox 2 finally released on the SNES Classic... This is your Star Fox 64 2, which no one knew was in development, but seems to have been. Um, uh, speaking of Star Fox 2, did anybody play that on like an SNES classic? No, no, no not played it. I, I, I watched it and went, oh, it looks just as choppy. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll pass that one up. I mean, it was really cool of Nintendo, I think, to release. Hey, this was so close to release. This could have been Star Fox 2. I mean, I think it was pretty much done. I mean, it was cool of them to do that, kind of like with Earthbound Beginnings, but I, I don't think it was worth going back to and playing, other than a historical curiosity. But anyway, Star Fox Zero. So, something I didn't know going into this was, I didn't know this was developed by Platinum. Again, nor did I. Uh, first I heard was you saying that, and then, quite right, I, I genuinely maybe thought you were lying. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then booted it, and I was like, oh, "Right enough." No, this this was all all publicly known stuff, like a good good year or so before it came out. Maybe about six months before it came as a bit of a surprise because it was kind of like it, you know everyone thought it was Nintendo. I'm pretty sure the early things were shown as like a prototype of how to use the Wii U the best, and you know Miyamoto sat there handling it. But then I think it just sort of emerged later, close to the game's launch. So it was a you know coming from Platinum. As far as I'm aware, from the credits, they they did the majority of the work on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I it didn't hit me until I was watching the credits. I'm like, oh, oh wait, okay. 
Um, I, it's fair to say, though, that I, this didn't really blip on my radar. It was just, oh, there's a new Star Fox game. Yeah, I'll pick it up at some point. I didn't know the system would be dead shortly after and became very cheap to buy. But, uh, well, um, let's see. How should we tackle this since this is all going to be in one episode? There's not much of a story. Well, did, it's, it's did very... anybody watch the 15-minute strange animation thing that you're supposed to watch before starting the game? I think it was also pre-bundled with the um, the demo to the game when it, when it was first floating around. Nope. No. 15-minute animation Oh, it's thing? terrible. It's, it's pretty bad. But that that is supposed to, as far as I'm aware, <laughs> cover the majority of the story here, and it, it was absolutely forgettable. It's still available on YouTube, of course. What did it come it on? It was just a, like a YouTube oh, okay. release, yeah. It was like 15 minutes of sort of like animated animated cartoon stuff. And it basically focuses around like the very first battle in the game and sort of... I mean, the, the, the thing for me is the story. I'm hoping I hear more from you guys, but completely forgettable to me. But as a Zero, is it supposed to be like a prequel or, or what, what exactly is it? Well, this is... Uh, from from what I've played, this is the first one where they mention James McLeod, and it's not just Fox, other than Peppy telling you to do barrel rolls, and you're almost as good as your dad. Uh, th- this is the first one where I've noticed. Oh, they mention you know his father. Um, let's be fair though, uh, Nintendo has never made a good story out of a game, and here isn't exactly uh, a good choice. Um, it's basically boil. Well, Mike, why don't you basically boil it down for us? Um, well, without a Wikipedia entry available to help me, did you know <laughs> that actual games exist on Wikipedia which don't tell you a single thing about the story? Well, this is strangely that case. <laughs> so, absolutely winging it, I would have to say that it's, you know, it's just Fox versus Andros once again. Um, and it pretty much mirrors... Actually, I think it's for the first time, isn't it? must it? be for the first time, because you've just... This is you, you've lost your dad, and what's-his-face, Pappy Hare, or whatever the hell it is, is taking you back to go and do whatever you need to do. I haven't um, played it through to the end at this point, so I don't know how it ends. I'm assuming mm. you either find your dad okay, well, or you find your dead dad's well, body. I, uh, okay, okay, okay. So... Uh, what I got from in-game, and this is very sparse because it's just conversations every once in a while, is um, Andros wanted to work on some technology, and they didn't want him to work on it, and so they banished Andros, yep. and then he took a planet, and he killed Fox's dad with uh-huh. it, I think, and All then dirty. Fox was like, by golly, this won't stand, <clears throat> and then Sergeant Pepper... The dog guy was all like, Fox, we need your help. And then you went down to Corneria and, and well, that's where your adventures start. Uh, something about a Pigma who... Uh, Pigma is... Yeah, was, a betrayed, wasn't Pigma, betrayed your father? Yeah, he's like teammate of your father. And then... Or in fact, wasn't he your your previous teammate? I can't remember 100%. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is this is basically a retelling of Star Fox 64. Even down to some levels being close to the same. Um, so that's the story. Uh, there's really not much. And if you do care about it, I'm sorry. But um, it, it's all fairly banal. It's just enough for you to go, oh, well, at least there's a story. And then you continue on. 
Well, I think I think um, one of the good things is in, that Nintendo themselves do, unlike the rest of the internet, cover their own story. So I can tell you, it was only five years ago that James McLeod, Pigma Dengar, and Peppy Hare <laughs> of the Star Fox team were sent on a mission to the planet Venom, where a twisted scientist, Andros, had been exiled years earlier. Upon their arrival, Pigma betrayed the team, Peppy barely escaped, but James was never heard from again. So, yeah, Pigma was part of it. Until yeah. you saw his ghost. Mm. Oh, you see his In ghost. The, end of the game. Yes. Oh. All right. Well, well. first off, uh, I finished it. Mike, you finished it? Yep. Yep. Uh, Craig, you didn't finish it. And, um, I didn't finish for it. For a game this short. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of a sign. Uh-huh. Um, the biggest sign, the only reason I didn't finish it was I felt I was... No matter how I set it up, I was perpetually fighting with the controls and it frustrated the hell out of me. I just, it got to the point where I just, I just put it down. I was just like, do you know what? Screw this. I think I was, um, you know, running about as wee pigeon man trying to strafe and shoot something. And I was doing, you know, holding down ZL and trying to shoot the thing and then moving with other thing. And then I converted into, I just... Honestly, the controls just bugged the shit out of me, and I couldn't be bothered glancing down at the gamepad to aim, and then up at the screen, then down at the gamepad, and up at the screen. It just all didn't feel great in my hands. Uh, that that is something I definitely want to talk about later. I mean, I'll, I'll save that for like once we start talking about the gameplay itself. Yeah. But I I fully agree with you, sir. Mm. Um, yes, if you remember the multiplayer from '64 or even those free range battles. The arenas have not gotten much bigger since then. I mean, I, I understand the design philosophy of like, we're not going to give you a lot of space because we want these to be very heated battles. You know, we want you to either always be firing at somebody or always somebody to be firing at you. And and I understand that sense of it. But in your hands, it feels very restricted. It does make this feel very old-fashioned, like we said. Um in case you haven't played a Star Fox, uh, if you're not familiar with Star Fox, I doubt you'd be familiar with Sin and Punishment. But it it, it kind of feels like Sin and Punishment. Um, your plane is always in view. You're always looking at it from the back. And you can just basically move it across the screen with crosshairs that are into the screen. And so you're more or less not worrying about where your plane is. You're more worrying about where your crosshairs are. So it almost feels like an on-rails shooter. And you will not have the freedom. Like, like there's even points where it will give you a branching path to where if you don't decide quick enough which branching path you want, it decides for you. Things move along at that fast of a clip. And um, uh, Mike or Craig, how, how do you feel about that whole it's just a shooting gallery instead of a playing game feel? That's That's what... Threw, threw me off because I was I was wanting more flying. I was wanting more kind of like dog fighting. It's not dog fighting. There's no real dog fighting or anything in it. It is just a shooting gallery. The biggest thing you have to do is if someone's behind you, you do a flipping barrel roll. Thank you, Pappy. And then no, a somersault. A, a somersault. barrel roll is when you spin on Sorry, your side. You a somersault. And then keep shooting. And it's it it just it. Honestly, it just feels like... Remember we had a wee foray into Star Wars and I had a shot in VR and I was nearly sick everywhere because it... But 
you're in space and there's all these ships and you just feel so restricted that you're just on rails going under the ship and doing whatever and it just I wasn't a fan so because it turned out that that was the gameplay the main mechanic and the fact that the control didn't gel with me or I didn't gel with the control that's why I just had to tap out I did I was maybe four missions from the end or something like that I was more than halfway through it um, out of curiosity, have you ever played a Panzer Dragoon game? No. Okay, I'd be curious to see what you think about it. But we'll leave it there because maybe we'll end up doing that for a retro rewind sometime. Mm. Uh, Mike, what uh, about you? Well, that's that's a very good good point mentioning Panzer Dragoon there because, um, you know, the game's been handled by, you know, Argonaut, uh, Rare, uh, Namco, and now Platinum. And, you know, it's, it's a case of what... Why, where's Sega's stab at this? Because, you know, a lot of the games <clears throat> that I played prior to this were things like, you know, Space Harrier and kind of like uh, a lot of the old Namco ones. You know, you would have remembered sort of like weird 3D shooters in the arcade and stuff like that. I, c- I can't even remember the name of the game, but but I think one of the appeals to... Oh. You say Sega and it immediately brings Afterburner. Oh, even after, Afterburner, you know that's that's exactly exactly. These are all these are all sort of like Sega's wheelhouse for these sort of games, and it? it's quite strange they haven't had a go at it. But you know, at the same point, it's I don't know. I I find mm, my earliest arcade experiences also involve things like Virtua Cop stuff like that, and you know, on rails is never it's never really got in my way, and. And the thing is, you know, if you play something like Virtua Cop, you might have evolved to Time Crisis. Time Crisis was a was a kind of branching game in a way, and this is sort of an evolution of that further. But or it was it was back in like you know the N sixty four days and stuff. So as we come to it now, we're looking at quite an archaic thing. You know, it it is branching paths and stuff, and you you'd probably be used to it if you played a lot of the other games similar, but. I don't know. I'm undecided on it at the second. Your your thought of of Sega really uh, the choices that it makes you make remind me a lot of Outrun actually. Mm. When you have that split in the road, oh, you're yeah, like, uh, yeah. right or left. It's, That's kind of what it reminds me of. Um, it's probably is worth it, pointing out though that this this game where we're actually doing for the episode Star Fox Zero, it doesn't really employ some of the best bits of Star Fox sixty four, which were. You know, like you could do really odd things and end up branching off to different paths, and that'd be that'd be quite cool. There's there's not really much of that in this at all, and in fact, I'm not even sure how much variety there is to a playthrough. To be honest, what did you go? Oh, you think? mean like the secret paths you used to be able to get in '64 and stuff? Yeah, yeah, and even even the original, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure there was. You know, you could go through a couple of rings, go go off, shoot into like a black hole, and then go through some secret area X or so, something sort oh. of thing. And, Section I, never Z, I, I, I can't remember like the name, but the biggest decision I had to make it felt like was there's two energy reactors I need to disable. Do I do the left one first or the right one first? <laughs> yeah. Which one, Craig? Left or right? Hurry. <laughs> right, right. Always go right to left. Okay. That's because you're right-handed. Exactly. Um. Okay. So taking this form of gameplay, which. I, I don't mind on-rails things. Like I said, I still love Sin and Punishment, and I still like Panzer Dragoon, and I'll play the... Well, not Panzer Dragoon. I can't play Panzer Dragoon anymore. But uh, on-rails shooters, I still like those quite a bit. 
it just let us say it is the best version of that you can imagine. Is that still a no go for you? I think the thing with Unreal Unreal shooters to me are always light gun games. There, there's never a player character in there. You you're just shooting something on screen while moving through. I don't then get what the point in having in Star Fox Zero. What is the point in even having that third person view? Why isn't the main view the cockpit view or you know something like that? It just feels a bit. I think I think fake. The third person view in this is legacy. Yeah. Like oh, Star Fox has always been this way, but it is also easier to dodge bullets and bits of burgers thrown at you. Maybe. Do you think they knew the Wii U was already on its deathbed when this game was close to release, or do you think they? I mean, I, I always wonder. They didn't really do a huge amount with the touchpad by the end of it, and it's kind of like. This seemed like its final, you know, its final attempt to to add something. And, um, well, you know, I think well, only I'm Nintendo curious. There's probably a you know a good case for the the gamepad. Um, I told Craig the other day the best game I've ever played on the gamepad is Deus Ex. Like, so I I think that there or you know what was really good too Zombie U, that was a really good use of the gamepad. Oddly enough, um. All right, all right. So we're definitely going to talk about the gamepad. Uh, the controls for this. The controls for this are pretty simple. Uh, you're moving with the left stick, except your aiming is done via motion controls on the pad. Now, A, this is quite bulky, and it, it's weird that a game that asks... It, it's kind of my problem with Twilight... Not Twilight. Uh, Skyward Sword. If a game asks you for precision, but the technology is not precise enough, it just ends in frustration. Because there are a lot of times where I wanted to, you know, you're making a pass at a boss or something. And you're like, just get on the thing. If I had a thumbstick, this thing would have been over 10 minutes ago. So can we talk about the gamepad for a minute? Because this is the first Wii U game that we've ever done. Uh, my view is I think the gamepad is one of the worst controllers ever released. I mean, not like in television bad, but uh, in the modern era, this is this is pretty bad. And I think a lot of it comes from one simple design flaw. When you're looking at the gamepad, you're not looking at the screen. So what's the point of having the screen? I've had mixed, mixed uh, feelings about this. I think physically... It's good because it's quite big and sturdy, and you can rest it on your legs. And it's it's you know where all the buttons are. You know it's it's fine. Um, my positive experiences with it have been with things like Zelda, where what's on there is just a menu or inventory management or something that makes it easier. Maybe a map, something that's not gameplay or gameplay mechanically orientated that you need to pay attention to and flip between like this. Something where you stop and look at the map or you want to put on iron boots or you want to do this, that or the other. Having that on the gamepad made sense. Uh, otherwise, it's... Yeah, um, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, like, um, the way you said that, like Assassin's Creed, I played one of them on the Wii U mm-hmm. where the map was just always there. You never had to yeah. open it in-game. That's a good use. It is. I haven't actually come across a game yet, I don't think, other than ones that are specifically designed to use the gamepad, like that art atelier thing and stuff. I haven't found a good use of touchy controls in a game. Like, I Mm. I haven't played anything that's got a touch element to it on the Wii U yet. Um, 
I one of the best games I've played that incorporates touch is Pikmin. Okay. Pikmin works really well with the touch screen. I'd love to actually do that for the show sometime. Um, Mike, what about you? What are your thoughts on the gamepad? I I I sort of I thought Splatoon was really good for the um you know gyroscope sensors and stuff. It's it seemed you know reasonable. Oh, you used motion aiming in Splatoon? Well, the problem is sometimes you listen to people who say that the pro players use the motion thing, then you give it a shot, and after a while it sort of you know it slowly gets there. I mean, we'll talk about slowly getting there later in terms of the gamepad because, in fact, you know what? Why not mention it now? But I sort of I came into this game seeing it. If you remember the buzz about the game when it first came out, there were a lot of people saying, um, you know, like, ways to play Star Fox Zero. Put the pad on your knees and sort of, like, do rotations from from there and all sorts of things. You know, there are all sorts of guides or make sure the, the screen as well as the, the touch, the, you know, your TV screen and touch screen are both in view at the same time. Hold it up in that sort of alignment. All sorts of crazy stuff. But, but for me... Uh, like Captain Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, that's that's got pretty good gyroscope in it as well, and there are a few sort of gimmicky DS style touchscreen bits, but they they generally work well. I think in this case, this is one where it's a sixty frame per second game. It's quite sharp, even if it's not. You know, it looks sort of like an N sixty four game, but you can tell it's quite sharp. It is pushing the Wii U a little bit, and I think the real problem here is just that. You know, they're trying to do too much. They're trying to do two different images at the same time. They're trying to run it at 60 frames per second. They're trying to, you know, f- throw as much as they can. At I mean, I don't know. Would Generally, I think this was a bit more sparse than a regular Star Fox game. Now, I'm used to, like, say, six waves and a little breather, things like that. Here, it seemed like there were just, you know, a couple of little waves or the odd enemy thrown in just to spice things up. You would have groups of three in mm. this very often and that would be it for a couple seconds pretty much and then you get like phases and things like that and where whereas you know they i think even then they were pushing it a little too far and i think they've all merged together because you see the frame rate start slowing down a little bit in places and you're suddenly thinking well, that can't be healthy for you know gyroscopic controls linking to two different displays which are both it's just too too ambitious really i think with a bit more power behind it it might have flowed a bit nicer but even then well the, you mentioned the graphics and i was going to mention later on but might as well now uh the game does not think well okay the game looks good in certain spots mm. but you can pick a lot of holes in how it looks like is that you can see the frame rate drop every once in a while which I I'm I don't care too much about. I don't mind if a game is at the lock thirty. I don't mind if it drops from sixty to forty. Everyone, I, it doesn't bother me. But I'm just saying, in terms of when it when it slows down, that's probably going to have an effect on the controls as well. And then you know what you were thinking was a movement to the right might not be detected because it's not you know it's struggling to keep up with what's happening. So user input sort of suffers there. But you know, even on top of that, you've got the, the hallmark sort of platinum things, you know, like uh, cool slow mo bits and. and and cool, cool neon lights. You know, if you play N sixty four from, if you play Star Fox sixty four from years back, you'd you'd almost believe that at the time there was all you know crazy lights going on across the place, really really colourful lava and stuff. And I think I think Platinum have sort of 
reimagined it as you might have thought it looks back then, but probably doesn't if you actually go back to it. Oh, so they, they, you think it looks the way you remember it, not the way it was. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it, I think they've done a decent job visually anyway with it, but yeah, you're right, you can pick holes in it, you know, all the textures are pretty low quality if you look close at them, but... Yeah, some of them really are. But you have to remember it does come from a, what, a 15 frame per second bunch of triangles on a Super Nintendo, So, so it's not... It's not doing too bad against its legacy. It is true. No, but um, like, like I was trying to think, okay, what can I put this against? Because if you take the charm, the Nintendo charm out of this, mm. so, you know, no characters you might like or just nice little Nintendo touches, what can I compare this to on the other systems? And this was, well, what would you compare it to? I mean, I could think Warhawk for, like, PS3, but that's quite a lot before yeah. it. It's more like the original Warhawk, isn't it? Well, I meant, like, like if you wanted this kind of game at the time. Mm. Because, I, um, well, the Wii U died a very ignoble death, right? And it's got some amazing games on it. But I wonder at what point Nintendo went, okay, this is a loss. And I wonder if that affected games like this. Because this is, for me, not even close to the standard that Platinum normally is. Hmm. I mean, even if you look on the same system, Wonderful 101 is an amazing game compared to this. Yeah. Um, it, like, I, I've, I haven't played the Transformers game from Platinum, and I, I've heard Legend of Korra is just awful. But this is the first time that I ran into a Platinum game that didn't feel special. And I wonder if that was because Platinum just couldn't make it work, but that doesn't make sense because Wonderful 101 works. So was it that Nintendo was just like, look, it's it's dying. 5,000 people are going to buy it. That's it. Well, I, I, I mean, I can say that as much as I'm trying to defend the game all over the place, this is probably the most forgettable Star Fox game I've ever played. There's not really much going on in there. It's... But I don't know whether that's Nintendo not having enough ideas up its sleeve, whether it's... I don't know whether Platinum had to scale everything back to make things work. I, I really don't know. But no, it's, there's not much... Mm, yeah, I got, yeah, I got used to the controls. It's hard to see I, who to blame. I, yeah, it's, it's an odd one. And let's talk, talk about one of the oddest things, which is the different types of crafts, and especially the ones unique to this game. Yes, um... That stupid chicken thing. Oh, I hate that chicken. Mm. <laughs> I hate that chicken. That that I like the design of it. Like just base. I really like the way it looks. It is goofy enough, but it's still got that kind of oh, I guess I could see that happening, you know. You never like bipedal chicken things. Why not? It works within the universe. Uh but that thing is a nightmare to control. That's an odd thing, isn't it? I just don't understand. It's just it's so jittery. It's like just zoom. <laughs> it's, it's and you can't strafe. Yeah. Mm. Um. I ju- this was this was the nail in the coffin for me. Was the control of this chicken? I just I oh, yeah. I got frustrated. Maybe I was in a bad frame of mind, but I did get frustrated really quite quickly with that. 
What were they well, thinking? Um, making, I don't know if you... making these vehicles like you know such an even split. You always want to be in the R wing. Who doesn't want to be in an R wing? Well, I mean, I always thought it was kind of cool in like Star Fox sixty four. Oh, hey, this is the underwater level, or oh, hey, this is the tank. But they yeah. were very one off things. Exactly, exactly. These these things were these things keep coming back. In fact, the the chickens there at the final boss. Of, <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, that made the final boss not fun at all. Mm. Um, I, one thing I do like there was one specific moment where I I almost pulled a Craig and just said, "All right, this is enough." <laughs> um, there is a boss. You remember the giant monkey thing, the monkey robot when it comes out and it's stomping around, and they're like, "Oh no, you have to get to this mm. back panel." Yeah, yeah. And you have to land the chicken on the back panel while that thing is moving. Oh, I, I did that immediate. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that took me like a half hour to do. Oh, shit. Because of that stupid chicken thing. Uh, the tank, I don't think, is too bad. Like the giant spider boss you had to take down in the tank. I had kind of fun with that. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, the hovery helicopter type thing isn't too bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got like the fans. Yeah, and the kind of like a VTOL. Dangly, dangly robot man. Yeah, it was Rob the Robot from like the NES days. It's kind of kind of a nice little touch. Uh, no, I didn't like that either. Because, well, if you had played other Star Fox games, Star Fox has always been, okay, it's about a quick reactions. It's about, ooh, hey, here comes a line of nine enemies. Can you kill them all? Kind of a Galaga thing. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of times in this game where it's like, no, slow down. Take your time. It's like, this isn't Star Fox. Those were the bits I kind of, obviously enough, enjoyed, like, deactivate two generators near, like, second mission or third mission with with the wee robot and just flying through, avoiding the searchlights, landing the wee robot, deactivating the panels. Really? Yeah, I kind of enjoyed that bit. You're weird, Carl. Oh, sorry. I hadn't, no, hadn't realised with the whole talk of speed and stuff like that, is this in... And I might get the game wrong. Is this in the same universe as F Zero? There is a uh, way, there is a curious yes link no. that the that Fox's dad is actually a character out of F Zero, if I remember right. Uh-huh. Yes, but he's a human. Yeah, it's quite odd. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's there's like a tenuous Nintendo okay. wink right. between the two of them. But well, you know. There is a lot to compare this to F-Zero, though, because both of these are um, very well-known franchises that haven't had a, let's say, breakout game in, what, like 15 years? Mm. I mean, luckily, with F-Zero, Sega stepped up and just knocked that sucker out of the park. Oh, that's Sega. That's Sega again. Uh, look, look, buddy. They also made Sonic, okay? <laughs> they're, they're not that good. Okay. Deal. Um, but yeah, like F-Zero GX was an amazing game. I still play that to this, this day. I love F-Zero GX. Um, this, on the other hand, uh, this is a little short, but do you guys want to start getting into final thoughts? Because there's not much left to say about this. It's very bare bones. Well, I think that the bare bonesness is, is what, what killed me with it. It's, it's the case that... <sighs> Star Fox 64 was a short single player game, but you never felt ripped off for the you know the time of it. You could come back to it, you could play it again, you could go for more medals, all all sorts of things. This it feels bloated weirdly to me for 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 something that only has what seven eight levels, something like that. It's, 
but it really is quite quite a bloated mess and I just I just don't know I don't know how they got it so so wrong yet I sort of got used to the controls so they weren't too bad for me but at the same point just it could have been a, oh I was fighting them right up to the end like, like it could have been a lot more there's you know there's hints of like greatness in there but it just never really never breaks out of it that's uh, a bit of a shame. No, uh, Mike, you, you kind of nailed it. it. It's weird. There's not too many games I'll run into where it feels very bloated, but also very anorexic. Mm. There's not much there, but what is there feels very bloated. Um, I I think I agree with Mike in that this this might be the most forgettable Star Fox game I've ever played. I I went back and I played Star Fox sixty four, and I even played the original a little bit and went ooh ooh ooh. Okay, uh, maybe I'll just play Star Fox 64. And um, I even played a little bit of the, the DS one, uh, not Command. No. Was it, no, Assault was the GameCube one. Command was the DS one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's correct. Okay, yeah. So I played a little bit of Command. And uh, that was fun. With that, that was the one with the RTS elements and mm-hmm. you have to go to this planet. That was fun. That felt like an evolution of Star Fox. This feels like such a pared down bare bones experience that it is very forgettable you're, you're going to play it you're going to go well if that's done put it on your shelf and you'll never really touch it again um uh, just a quick thing i also uh bought when i bought it i bought the special edition thingy so you got star fox guard with it that little mini game thing mm. um it, it, it's a cool idea that sort of uses the gamepad imagine playing a tower defense game where you have a camera on every tower. And so when you're looking at the gamepad, you see like five or six different video feeds. And when you see an enemy on one of them, you have to tap and go to that camera and then shoot the enemy. Yeah, I think this is actually included as a demo as well in the in the full full release, or it might have been a demo included with the, uh, the Star Fox Zero demo. I can't remember 100%. But well, I got the full one on the disc. I don't remember exactly how I got it. I thought it was a special edition. Mm-mm. But yeah, I that was a fun little mini game for a good twenty minutes, and and then that was it. Um, I I might, at least for me, this is the worst platinum game I've ever played, and that's sad. It's actually not mine. You you better get Cora played then. No, no, I'm gonna stay away from that. I love <laughs> platinum. I can't take much more heartbreak. Uh, I had a bit of fun with this, despite everything I've said. I had a bit of fun with this. What I had no fun whatsoever with with was that Transformers Devastation. I flipping hated that mm. game. I hated that. It's just oh really? I, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, just not for me. And I think I'm wrong. Generally speaking, I think I'm wrong with that. I think it is a good game. I just think it's just I hated it. No, that's fair enough. That's uh, you've heard it here first, folks. Craig hates fun. I think that one one really good thing about this this game, though, that seems seems to be brought out is that you know, like Craig said before, he enjoyed the stealth sections. Now that's that sounds like blasphemy, and I was wondering should I should I mention anything like that? But you know, there there are some cool bits where like you can on the TV see stuff that's happening technically in the background as your little robot guy walks off into a little little hidden tunnels you know to to do the the hacking thing and stuff and there's there's little glimpses of just just brilliant things in there and i think you know someone's going to be impressed by at least one thing from this game that's that's definitely something that's got going for it but uh without well i don't know for me it all boils down to does this feel like star fox mm. and like the stealth bits or the chicken bits or you know the chicken bits, chicken bits. <laughs> uh it just <laughs> 
doesn't feel like Star Fox. I, I, I don't know what other fr- Nintendo franchise you could have stuck it into. But yeah, it's just, I came away very unhappy from this. Oh. Uh, do you guys want to give your final thoughts? Um, I'd not get much more to add. I had a relatively, I mean, it's pleasant enough to look at, so I had a relatively enjoyable time despite wrestling with the controls. That was the only thing that let the game down for me and the only reason I put it down in the end was frustration, maybe because I hadn't slept enough as well and I was just like, why won't you go where I want you to go? And that was it for me. Or maybe the controls are bad. Don't set yourself short. I mean, yeah, maybe the controls are terrible as well. But, I mean, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I'm glad I had a shot of it because it's been sitting in the pile for ages and ages. I'm not going to go back and finish it. I've, I've, I'm done with it. I've, I've said, had my, my fun with it. Um, and, yeah, as, as you said, it's maybe blasphemous, but my favourite part of it was the least Star Foxy part of the game, which was stealthing and hacking panels and doing things like that. Well, that's just your jam, man. Anytime you can hack yeah. and stealth, you're here in heaven. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, Mike, one other thing since you've played Star Fox. Is it just me or did they make Falco a lot nicer? I think they did. I think they did. He's definitely not an arrogant I kind of miss... Bugger in this one. I miss asshole Falco. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess I... For my final thoughts, I'll just say that. Yeah. I did buy myself a copy of uh, Panzer Dragoon Auto on the Xbox One. Just have a mess about with it. Um, There's one of the few Panzer Dragoon games I've not played, but one thing that became blindingly obvious from it is that, you know, these these sort of games, they just don't really exist much anymore. You know, Sin and Punishment, you've got a a single sequel. Um, I don't know if we'll see much of that either, and it's it's brilliant. But Star Fox is, is a case that, there is something that you know if you if you mention like Fox McCloud to me and all the rest <laughs> names forgotten for the moment, but <laughs> they you know they they are a good they are a good lovable cast and I think they're due they're due a good game and I you know I'm I'm definitely open to further Star Fox adventures not Star Fox adventure but you go what I'm saying <laughs> so uh, you know get on it get Sega on it there we go. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, you got the Panzer Dragoon. Like, yeah, this this hasn't soured me against Star Fox. Like, if a new one was to come out for the Switch, I'd be all over it. I'd be like, hey, all right, I'll give it another shot. Uh, has this soured mm. you guys at all? No, no, because I, I've played Star Fox Assault before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've delved some of the, the bad points of Star Fox. And it, you know, he, he always comes back. Uh, now's a good time to go to the lobby, get yourself some snacks. I, I suggest milk duds and popcorn. And uh, I'm not very emotional about popcorn. My voice just cracked. I'm sorry. And uh, hopefully, next time I talk, it won't sound like I'm going through puberty. So, gentlemen, uh, say something Star Fox related. <laughs> Do a barrel <laughs> roll. You'll have to use the boost to get through. Use the brakes. There's a bogey on my tail. Thanks for the friendly fire, Fox. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, Mike? Uh, oh, I can't anything. Save me, Star Fox. Sean Connery, big <laughs> fan of Star Fox. <laughs>
so good. It's so good. Um, mm. 